You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. On a Shredder Sunday, Shredder Sunday. Who's never participated in a Shredder Sunday? Can I get a show of hands? So, okay, good, good, good. So you're in for something spectacular. Those of you who have been here for Shredder Sundays, as my beautiful wife mentioned, they are powerful. They are powerful. How good did my wife do this morning? Wasn't she amazing? And Kelly Isaacs, what a word. So good. It's okay. I, I had a meeting with Scott, and um, he told me that, that from here on out, he's only going to be sleeping in his wife's bed from now on. We had an agreement. I'm proud of you, Scott. I'm proud of you. So Shredder Sunday, you got the little cards on your seat. There's a pin there if you need it. So what I want you to do uh, over the course of this message is I want, you to, I want you to be open. I want you to be open with God. I want you to be open with yourself. I want you to write down on that card anything that you don't want to carry in to the next year. We're believing that, that 2020 um, has been a year for the books. And uh, there's, there's probably quite a bit that a lot of us could write down on that card. You might be thinking, uh, can I get another card? Like, do, is there more space? Like, can I borrow my neighbor's cards? Maybe I can write some stuff on my neighbor's cards. And, uh, and for any of the, the husbands out there, if you, if you get to a place where uh, you haven't found anything else that you want to write down, just hand your card to your wife, and she'll take care of the rest for you. She'll make sure there's no white space at all on that card by the time you shred it. You might also be thinking that, well... Because of this year, shredding it, I, I just don't think that's enough. Can we, can we shred it and then get the clippings out and then go and burn it somewhere? Like, can we do that too? Well, I've got good news for you because the title of this message is Finding Fire. Finding Fire. I was, it was a, a few days ago, actually, I think, yeah, Christmas Eve, when, uh, when I was opening up my notebook and looking at the message to prepare for this week, and, and I just got, I got stuck. I had, I had this outline kind of already formed, and I was looking at it and thinking about what I was going to share, what God wanted to bring today, and, um, and I just I couldn't move past it. I couldn't move fo- forward. And I looked at the message, and I, I said, you know, I, I just, I don't think that this is the message that, that God wanted me to bring. And so I, I Every now and then, um, just in life, whenever, God will drop a little word into my spirit. And, and sometimes it is just one word. Sometimes it's a phrase. Just sometimes God will highlight things for me. And I, I usually grab my phone and just make a quick note in there um, to remind myself later to look at it. And I, as, I was, as I was laboring over what word to bring, I, just, I was scrolling through my, my notes, and, I, and I, saw this, I saw this note, Finding Fire. And... Um, and something just kind of leapt in my spirit and said, that's, that's the word. That's the word for the last Sunday of 2020. That um, it would be really easy, I think, at this point, after everything that we've been through this year, to just say, you know what, we're, we're just going to scrap the whole thing. We're just going to pretend. Like, can we all just agree that 2020 never happened? Like, that's, that's kind of the feeling. That's kind of the culture, the sense that, that I think a lot of us are feeling right now. And, and on one level, I think, yeah, it, it's not a bad idea, right? You know, if we could just, like, do a little Control-Alt-Delete and swipe left, whatever we have to do to get rid of this year, the sooner the better, right? But then I was thinking about it, and, and I was thinking, you know, if we did that, then, and we don't learn anything from it, then, then history is doomed to repeat itself. 
The only way history doesn't repeat itself is you, if you actually learn from your mistakes, if you learn from your trials, if you go stronger in the fire. So I think that, that it would be a disservice to us, it would be a disservice to you, to, to, to this country, this world, if we, just, if we just forgot about 2020, if we all just pretended, pretended like it didn't happen, then, then we wouldn't have anything to show for it. And really, as, as we uh, come around this message today, that is the, the, the one thing that God impressed on me the most about this message, this word, and this last Sunday of 2020, is that it doesn't matter what your year looked like, God can do something right now, and I believe he will do something right now to make this year, just like we prayed, the best year of your life to date. That 2020 can actually be the greatest year of your life up until now. God can show you something today, and I believe he's moving already to show you something, to stir your heart, to lift you up, to reveal something to you that's going to make it Maybe not all makes sense, but it's going to give you a direction going forward. It's going to give you that lesson that you needed to learn. It's going to give you power as you go forward so that you can never, never walk this same circle again. That we don't, we don't have to go around the 2020 mulberry bush another time. That we can leave that in the fire. We can take out the gold and we can leave the trash in the fire. When this is all said and done, I am going to have a big mask burning party. You're all welcome to come. Unfortunately, I don't think it's, it's going to happen anytime very soon, but it will happen. We're going to get rid of all those masks eventually, to toss them in the fire. I think that's one thing that, w- that we don't need to carry away from 2020. But, um, but I want you to think about, over the next 20 minutes, what, what have I got to lose and what have I got to gain? This message, Finding Fire, I'm going to be talking about three, three different ways that God reveals himself in fire. And maybe one of these and maybe all three of them are going to apply specifically to you right now. But in in each of these things, I want you to ask yourself, what have I got to lose and what have I got to gain? What am I looking for right now? What do I need? What does God want to show me right now? There's, there's There's something powerful in each one of these. And, uh, and I know that, that as God speaks to you right now, if you open yourself up, you're going to find that. Can we give it up for the worship team? Amazing job, guys. Thank you, guys. I was, I was debating on, on just keeping you up here the whole time, Jared, but you can take a seat. I'll bring you back up in a minute. No, you're good. You're good. The first one I want to talk about, the first way that God has revealed himself in the fire, and these are not in chronological order, is the voice of God. The voice of God. Now, if uh, most of us here would know if, uh, if I asked you, okay, what's an example from the Bible where God spoke out of a fire, who, who could tell me the answer right now? The burning bush. Yeah, most of the kids over in kids' church would know that as well. The voice of God coming out of the fire. So we're going to look at Exodus 3, 1 to 12, as we think about the voice of God in the fire. Exodus 3, 1 to 12. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush, that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. I don't know if it's just me, but when I read that, I'm thinking that's not the thought that was actually going through his head. I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. If anybody, any any of us were there and we saw that, we'd be looking at like seeing this bush that's blazing with flame and not burning up and be like, what the fire is going on over there? (laughs) 
It wouldn't be, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. Why does this bush does not burn up? But the Bible is so good. He, the Bible always pulls out the truth of the matter. And then, and then God leaves it to us to fill in the, the color, to, fit, to apply it to ourselves. Like, what would we do in this situation? And that's exactly what I want to share with you today is I want you to give you, I want to give you these examples, but I want you to think, what would you do in this situation? How would this apply to your life? What would you draw out of this? So when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, interesting, when he had gone over to look, God called, him, called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. It's interesting, this is the only, the only ground, the only place in the Bible that God calls holy. There's, there's one other scripture, Acts 7.33, where it, it mentions the words holy ground, but it's actually in reference to this, this place. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the holy of holies. It wasn't the cross. It wasn't the, the tomb even where Jesus rose from the dead. None of those places were called holy ground. The only place that's called holy ground in the Bible is the place where God spoke to man, where God spoke to Moses on this mountain. Verse 6, then he said, and we're going to fast forward because this is kind of long. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying because, because of the slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land. Good land from the... Oh, I lost my place. Good and spacious land from the land flowing with milk and honey in the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevazites, Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I have seen the way the Egyptians repressed them. So now go, I'm sending you, Pharaoh, to bring my people to the Israelites. But Moses said to God, Who am I so that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Okay. <laughs> Verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that it is, it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship on this mountain. Somebody say, worship God on this mountain. This mountain, Mount Horeb, the place that, that um, God called holy ground, was actually the place when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, that he led them to this mountain. And it was actually on this mountain, Mount Horeb, in the Sinai Peninsula, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. It was on this place, this holy ground, where, where God not only spoke to Moses, he revealed to Moses the law on how to lead, how to direct, how to guide God's chosen people. What's interesting, there's a lot interesting about this passage of scripture, um, and if you didn't catch some of that middle part, you can go look it up. Uh, Moses, Moses wasn't actually looking for God when he was in the wilderness. He was actually just working. He was tending some sheep for his father-in-law. He was out in the wilderness. He wasn't looking for a sign from heaven. He wasn't looking for the spirit of God. He wasn't looking for redirection or guidance. He was just kind of doing his job. But then something happened. Something supernatural took place. And, and when Moses saw this, this burning bush that was not consumed, he said, I have to go and, and investigate. I have to go and, and check this thing out. This is not a normal thing. I think so, sometimes we can get so caught up in our daily grind, our daily life, or taking care of the kids, or, or doing whatever, whatever we have to do, that, that we sometimes miss the supernatural that God is doing. We sometimes overlook the moves of God. We sometimes, you know, even though we're, we're busy, we're doing stuff, like we always have to have eyes to see what God is doing right now. We know that God is alive. We know that God is present. We know that he is moving right now. Are we looking for it? Are we looking for the ways that, that, that the burning bush moments in our lives? 
I mean, God forbid that we would ever walk through life and God would plant a burning bush moment and we, we see it and then we don't look at it. We don't investigate. We don't go see what is this amazing thing that's happening because we're so caught up in what we're doing. Moses was captivated by something supernatural. And watch this. It's, it's when he was captivated into action. It's when he, he decided to, to step away from just the natural thing, step away from what he was working on, step away from his, his daily life or grind and investigate what God was doing. That's when God spoke to him. When Moses draw, drew near to the bush, that's when God called out from the bush. The same thing is going to happen for you today. If you, see, if you see God doing something supernatural and you draw close to it, if you, if you open up the possibility that there's something happening here that is not a normal thing and I've just got to see what's going on, I've got to learn what God is doing right now, when you draw close to that fire, when you find that fire, God is going to speak to you. When he moved towards the move of God, that's when God spoke. So if, if you're here today and maybe you're, you're in a job where you know that that's not the end-all, be-all. That's not where you want to be for the rest of your life. Maybe you're, you're at a place of a wilderness where you've kind of just been feeding some sheep, just staying alive, just doing what you can, and you know that, that God has something more for you right now. Maybe you're in a place where, where you're looking for a new job. Maybe you want to find something different. Maybe you want to take that next step. Then I want to encourage you today, this is the fire that you need to find. As you move towards the move of God, God will speak to you. And um, I knew coming into this message that, that, that I was going to pray for some people. I just didn't know who those people were. But, uh, but just during worship, um, Sam, would you stand up, Sam Martinez? God highlighted you. And, um, and I, know, I know that this word is for you, that you're, you're going to find the fire of God in a place that's unexpected, maybe just you know, doing your job, maybe just being who God has called you to be, being the light that you're supposed to be. And, and in, in the natural, in the grind, in your work, wherever you're at, I want you to be open. I want you to keep your eyes open and look for where God is doing something supernatural. Look for, look for the fire. Look for the presence of God that, uh, that is not normal. Like, and in that, God is going to give you the direction, the guidance that you're seeking. I mean, we all could come around you, and we could give you, you know, advice and counsel and, and wisdom, but ultimately, it's God's, it's God's wisdom, it's God's direction, it's God's guidance that, that you need. And I know that when you do it, you're going to have a, a, a Mount Horeb experience, you're going to have a mountaintop experience, you're going to be given an assignment that's different than anything that you've ever done before. That you're going to be given a calling that God has a, he has a stamp on your life. He's marked you for a purpose, and he's going to lead you in that. But he wants you to be ready to, to see that supernatural thing and go after it, and then listen for his voice. Listen for that place. You know, maybe, maybe find your, your holy ground. Maybe there's a, there's a place in your house, or, and this is for all of us, where, um, where you know that God, God it just feels like you're closer to God. Pastor John Heinrichs had, a, had an amazing message called Drop Zone. I, I encourage you to go look that up. Um, you know, and it's all about finding that place where God will speak to you. But stretch out your hands to Sam. God, I thank you that, that you show Sam that drop zone. You show Sam that place where you want to interact with him, where you want to guide him. God, I thank you for the word of God coming into him in that moment, that he's going to find the fire of heaven. God, he's going to draw near to that fire. God, you're going to speak through that fire. You're going to speak to him. God, you're going to give him a new assignment, a new mandate. 
mantle, a new coat, a new blessing, a new direction, God. I thank you that you lift him up, you encourage him in that word, and that it is going to be a challenge. It's going to be something new. It's going to be something he's never done before, God, but your, your spirit is going to go with him. You're not just giving him this task and then leaving him to do it by himself, God, that you're walking with him in this, in this new assignment, in this calling, God, and I thank you that your favor will go with him, that, that whatever the words that you give him to speak, that they will be, they will be full of favor, that the people that he talks to, the relationships that he forms, God, everything that he speaks and prays and prophesies, God, it's going to be dripping with favor from above. God, I thank you for the direction and guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Sam a clap. Amazing man of God. If you want to hear the voice of God, then you have to move towards the fire of God. But there are some things that you have to get rid of if you want to do that. There's some things that you need to shred. Moses had to lay down his old assignment. He had to lay down his old work, the thing that he was doing. I mean, tending sheep, is, it, was a, it was a useful, a productive profession. And he was doing it for his father-in-law, so you know there were some brownie points there too. But he had to lay down this, this assignment. He had to lay down this mantle, this cloak, and take up the cloak that God was appointed him for. He had to take up the cloak, cloak of salvation, actually, and this is a picture of Jesus, that where Jesus laid down his life, and he chose to drink the cup that his father had provi provided for him. Moses is the same thing, that he laid down his life, and he chose to drink this cup. It wasn't easy to go back to Egypt, where he was a, a convicted murderer, you know, where he had, he had killed someone. It wasn't easy to go back to, to the people of Israel who had, who had toiled for 40 years while Moses was alive in slavery. And Moses had a, a life of luxury in the palace. But he, had, he was called to go and, 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 and tell them that this is not the life that God has for you. He was called to go and tell them the same thing is true for you. When you find the fire, when you hear the voice of God, the cloak of salvation will come on you. Maybe for you, maybe for your whole household. Who knows how many people will be set, set free free because of your obedience, because of your action. The next fire that I want to talk about is the Spirit of God. Acts 2, 1 to 4. It says this, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. Sometimes I, I think that the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is the most underused or underappreciated gift in all of the church. You see, when, when, uh, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're accepting the free gift of salvation. But that's just the beginning. That, that is enough. Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior is enough to secure your place in heaven for all of eternity. But that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that you still have to live out your life here on earth. And God doesn't just give you a gift that's for some time in the future. He doesn't just give you a gift that's just forever after, just for eternity. He's actually given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's why Jesus left. 
So Jesus said, when he leaves, it's, it's good that I go because my father's gonna send you the helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is the one who will guide you, who will speak to you. That you don't have to just wait and come on a Sunday and hear a word of God. And, and you don't have to just read your Bible and hear the word that way. That the Holy Spirit will speak to you constantly. The Holy Spirit will come on you and he will help you to do things that you cannot do on your own. In this specific case, and this is just one example, that he, he, the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples as flames of fire. And I know some of the pictures that we see in the, the, the religious books have this little, this little light that's kind of hovering above their head. I don't believe that was the case. I mean, I, I believe an all-consuming fire. We know that's what the Holy Spirit is, that from top to bottom, head, head to toe, that they were consumed in this fire. They were baptized in this fire that we actually believe that, that there, there's a water baptism. And, uh, and in this church, we believe in, in full immersion, you know, and, and we think, hey, you know, if, if, a, if a little sprinkle is good, then getting dunked all the way, that's gotta be better, right, you know? <laughs> so we, we believe in full immersion, and, um, and we also believe a baptism of, by fire. And the amazing thing about it is that uh, the Holy Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving. It's the best Christmas gift. It's the best any gift that you could ever have. When you unpack and, uh, and honestly, I, I don't even think that there's, there's one way to just unpack the Holy Spirit. I think that it happens time and time and time again. It is the gift that keeps on giving. It's, it's like continually being able to, to unwrap a present. Every single day, God's got a new present for you. Sometimes multiple presents a day. Like how many are you willing? You're going to get tired of unwrapping the gifts that God has given you. It's interesting, though, that, um, that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, that there were 120 disciples of Jesus in that place, in that room, wherever it was. And, um, and the sad part about it is, is that, that when Jesus was in his ministry, when Jesus actually had, uh, had resurrected from the dead and he walked about, the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 12, I think it is, 1 Corinthians 15, that there were uh, over 500 of his followers that he revealed himself to after he had risen from the dead. So there was 500 different people that were, that were exposed to the resurrected, the risen Jesus, but only 120 were in that upper room. Why is that? Well, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 7, one chapter before that first one that we read, says this, once he, Jesus, was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there was over 500 that, that were exposed to the risen Jesus that, that heard the message preached of salvation, of eternal life. And he said, but I want you to wait. I want you to wait until the fire comes. I want you to wait until the gift from above comes. But, but over 380 people couldn't wait. And it's not like it was a year. It's not like it was even 40 days, 10 days is, uh, is what's, what's determined as the, as the time from when Jesus ascended into heaven till when the Holy Spirit came. How many of us, I wonder, would wait 10 days for the gift of the Holy Spirit? How many, how many of us would, would listen to the word of God, see the revelation, and persist until we got the answer that we're looking for? How many of you here today know that, that if the promise of an, an endless supply of presence was available for you. How many people here would wait 10 days for an endless supply of gifts that you could open up? Come on, every hand here should be lifted up. Look at it this way. Imagine if the, the person that you love most in this world 
maybe your spouse, maybe somebody else, the person that you love most in this world gave you a, a, a Christmas present and they put it under the tree. And then on Christmas day, you came up and you said, well, I see that present. I thank you for that present, but I don't really wanna open that present. I wonder how would that person feel? I mean, they had went, gone through the trouble of buying this present, finding this present, wrapping it up, making it look nice, putting it under the tree, especially for you. The person you love most in this world created this gift for you. Would you let it go unopened? And the amazing thing about what God has done with his Holy Spirit is that he's given us this gift. And he's saying it's not a one-time deal. You can open it over and over and over and over again as much as you want. It's there for the, for the taking. We're going to continue on with that scripture in chapter, Acts 1, chapter 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father, has already, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and, and to the ends of the earth. What you can take up if you, if you listen to the word of Jesus, what you can gain if you obey the message, what you, can, what you can come away with if you persist and you wait on the Holy Spirit. You get power, you get authority, you get blessing, you get the ability to be a witness to the ends of the earth. Your life can be a demonstration for other people. Your life can set the tone, set the stage for your family, your friends, your coworkers, everybody around you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, he will give you wisdom, he will give you knowledge, understanding. There's so many gifts of the Spirit. And if you open yourself up to receiving that power, then you have access to all of it. It's not, just, it's not just salvation. That's the beginning of what grace is. Yes, saving grace is that free gift, but grace is the empowerment that God has given you to do that which you cannot do on your own. That God has, God has a grace for you in every single situation. If you look back over 2020 and think about all the trials, anything that you've come through over this year, God has a grace for each one of those. God has, has a perfect thing. So the lesson that you can learn going into 21 is if you don't want to do that same thing again, if you don't want to be stuck in that place where you're facing a trial, not knowing the answer, then you need to access the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in fire. You need to let God come in, the all-consuming fire, and fill you up. And I think more than anything else with this message, this is the word that I wanted to bring to you today, that, the, that if you've never been baptized with fire, if you've never received the Holy Spirit, then he is available here today, that you can have that power. You can, you can receive the presence of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues, it's, that's just one outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's so much more. Don't get hung up around just one thing. There's so much that God has for you. And I know that if you're desiring it today, if you're willing to wait on him today, if you're willing to lay, lay aside your, your fears, your timidity, your, any, any reservations that you may have and say, it doesn't matter about that anymore. I need power. I need the spirit of God to come on me. I know that I'm called to something greater. I know that he can work through me. I've seen healings that other people have done. I've seen, I've seen miracles that other people have done. I want some of that for my life. You have to have a desire. You have to have a drive on the inside of you that, that goes beyond just, okay, it's nice for them. 
that'll probably never happen to me. We're going to break that today. If that's you, I want you to be praying. I want you to be pressing in because at the end of this message, we're going to come down, we're going to shred our cards, and I'm going to have the ministry team up here. And anybody who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then today is your day. The the team is going to be here. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe that that God is doing something in you that he has never done before. That 2020 is going to be the greatest year of your life because at the end of 2020, you received the Holy Spirit. You received power. You received authority. And your life will never be the same. It will never be the same. I can promise you that. If you'll find the fire of the Holy Spirit, your life will never be the same. And the last one that I want to talk about today in the few minutes that we have left is the presence of God. The presence of God. Another, another Bible story that most of the kids in Kids Church have heard and that we've all, we've all heard is, uh, is the story of the three amigos. Most of you know what I'm talking about. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The three amigos who stood together in the face of a, a king that was demanding that they bow down to a statue that he had lifted up and pray to that statue. And they said, eh, I don't think so. Imagine if there was just one of them. Maybe one of them would have caved in the intense pressure from a king after all and his armies. And he had gone to the trouble of heating up a furnace seven times hotter than usual for anybody who wouldn't bow down and worship this statue that he had set up. And this is actually a fire that that God didn't create. The other two fires were supernatural fire from the bush and the Holy Spirit coming down as tongues of fire. This is a fire that was created by man. But but as we look at this story in Daniel chapter 3 and 13 to 30, um, and it's too much to read, even in fast forward. So I'm just going to sum it up for you. They say, O king, we understand your decree. We understand what you're saying, but... We're not going to bow down to that. And in, in uh, verse 15, it says, and then in, in the, uh, and Nebuchadnezzar says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you into the fire then. And, and they say, even if you did that, you know, our God is able to rescue, rescue us. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we will still not bow down to you. And, it, even, and it, I love the way it says this. In, uh, in verse 17, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. I think that's, that's a, a word for us right now in this time, that uh, even in the face of orders that we believe are not spiritual or scriptural, even in the face of a, of a governor, of an authority, of what he would probably consider his, himself a majesty, producing these edicts, that we're not going to bow down to these edicts. I'm sorry. We're called to serve a higher God, a higher majesty than the governor of California, than public health orders. We're not going to close up shop. We're not going to bow down our knee to these edicts. And they were respectful about it. And I think for the most part, at least in front of the camera, we've tried to be respectful. Sometimes we fail. There's grace for that. But so we know the story. The king gets so mad, furnaces heated up seven times. They throw him into the fire. And even the people who are throwing him in get burned, get consumed because of the heat of the fire. But then I want to jump down to verse 25. When they're in the fire, they've been thrown in. Nebuchadnezzar says this, verse 25. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound 
walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. And so the Nebuchadnezzar, he, he sees them in the fire. He sees the fourth, like the Son of Man. And he, he goes down and he calls them to come out. And in verse 28 it says, The Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of the three amigos. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the three amigos, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. No other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in Babylon. What I want to show you in this is that through the fires of 2020, whatever you've been walking through, whatever situations you found yourself in, if you accept that God has been with you in that fire, in that trial, then he's going to be revealed in it. Was God in the fire before the three amigos were in there? No. God was with the three amigos. When they went into the fire, that's when God was revealed. It's when you walk into your fire. Maybe you didn't create the fire. Maybe you didn't want to go in the fire. But maybe you know that God is with you in the fire now because you can reveal, he's been revealed to you. That you can see him now even though you couldn't see him before. That the presence of God has been with you all along. But it's only in the fire that we see him. It's only in the fire that he's revealed to us. David and Mercy, would you guys stand up? Love this amazing couple. Look after our kids' church. What an incredible family. And Leanna with you. She's over in kids' church now, but I just saw you guys. You are the three amigos. The two of you and Leanna. You've been walking through some fires, but you know that God has been revealing himself to you in the middle of those fires. I mean... How many people would have a, a bag stolen out of their car on like Christmas Eve, right? Or the day before with presents in it, with all kinds of stuff in it. And, and what does this amazing woman of God do? She, she starts declaring, we're going to get it back. Somebody broke into the car, stole all this stuff out. And she, does, she starts speaking in, in faith, we're going to get it all back. And that very night, they were, they were walking on their street. And they just happened to see somebody with their trunk open. And Mercy said, let's go and check this out. They go over there, and the guy who took their stuff is standing there with it in their trunk, everything in the bag, all of it there. They got everything back because this woman stood up and prayed and believed. God is revealed in the fire. Stretch your hands out to this amazing couple, amazing family. God, I thank you for the three amigos. David and Mercy and Leanna, God, I know that you are walking with them wherever they go. When they're in a fire, when, in, when they're out of a fire, God, your presence is with them. I thank you that every time they face a trial in life, you're revealing something new about your character to them. You're revealing something new about how you're walking with them, how you're leading them, what you're showing them. God, you're increasing their faith. You're lifting them up. God, I thank you that you're moving right now in the midst of the fires that they're walking in, God. You're revealing yourself.
in a new and a powerful way. And God, I see a fourth. I see a fourth walking in the fire with them, God. The spirit of the Lord is coming on them in Jesus' name. God, I see your presence walking with them. God, I thank you for favor. I thank you for blessing. I thank you for increase over their lives, God. I thank you that no matter what fire they walk through, God, you're bringing them out unharmed unscorched, not even the smell of fire is gonna be on them. That God, that you have a blessing for them. Each fire that they walk into, they're coming out with a blessing. They're coming out with favor. They're coming out with an anointing from the Spirit of God in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give it up for the Macon family, love them. Some of the stuff that you have to, to shred if you wanna find the fire or if you want God to be revealed in the fire, you have to shred timidity. I love the three amigos. How audacious were they to stand up before a king said, even if he doesn't save us, we're still not gonna bow down to your God. We're still not gonna submit to those orders and edicts that we know are not from God, but from somewhere else. One of the amazing things about this as well is that when they went into the fire, they were bound up. Some of the, the strongest men in, in Nebuchadnezzar's army had, had tied them up with ropes. But when they were thrown into the fire, the only thing that got burned, that got scorched, that got removed were those ropes. The thing that has bound you up, the thing that has constricted you, the thing that, that even though you feel like you're in the fire and you can't move a muscle, that is the thing that you're going to shred today. That's the thing that you're going to write on the card, come up and put into these shredders. Whatever is, is keeping you bound, whatever is keeping you chained, whatever is keeping you locked up, whatever is, is preventing you from walking in the way that God wants you to walk, whatever you need to write down on there, release those ropes. Let go. The, sh- the three amigos, they didn't try and hold on to the ropes. When they were in the fire, they let the ropes fall off of them. You're going to do that today. God is revealing himself to you today. His presence is with you today. In the middle of the fire, you're going to be set free of those ropes. You're never going to pick them up again. Anything that is binding you up, anything that is restricting you, you got to release that today. Write it down on that card. Come up, drop it in the shredder, and believe that you're free. Start walking like you're free. Even if it doesn't feel like you're free at first, you can still speak it into existence. You can still walk it out. It's faith and works together. Start doing something that that you would have never done before. If If you knew that you were free and you would do it, then start doing it. Just pretend like you're free. Let the Spirit of God show you as you walk out that freedom, as you draw close to His fire, that He speaks to you. That as you open yourself up to receive the Holy Spirit, that you're baptized in fire, that you receive power, you receive authority, you receive the ability to do the miraculous, to pray for somebody and see them healed. There's so many fires around this tent right now. I see so many fires that, that you don't have to just wait for a Sunday. You don't have to just wait until, until uh, even God just reveals something to you out of the blue. Go, go look for a fire. Look at the fires around you. There's going to be fires popping up all over the place. Draw near to that fire. Find a, a brother or a sister that can encourage you, that can lift you up. Ask them how they caught their fire. Ask them what they did. One of my good friends, I think he might be serving over in Kid Church today, Alan Walter, he... Uh, He's been faithfully coming to men's prayer for, for the last year or two years, maybe. And, um, and when he first started coming, he, he had heard people pray in the Spirit. He had heard people pray in a supernatural language, but he had never experienced that for himself. He had never been able to, to speak in tongues, to pray 
God's perfect will over a situation, but he had a hunger for it. He had a desire for it. So week after week after week, he would come and he would say, would you pray for me? And he, he would go around to, to different people. Would you pray for me? I, I, my desire is for the gift of the Holy Spirit, to be able to speak in tongues, to speak in a new language, a heavenly language. And my son even asked me in the car the other day, like, Dad, what are those words that you're saying? I don't understand it. And I said, son, that's, that's a language that God had created just for me. It's my own personal language that, that only he understands. I don't even know what I'm saying, but God knows because he created that language just for me. And I told him, and he has one for you too. If you want it, if you want that language, he has one for you too here today. If you've never been baptized in fire, but you've, it's been something that you desired, then keep pursuing it, keep going after it. My friend Alan, he kept coming, he kept coming. And little by little, you could start to see the spirit rise in him. Little by little, you could start to see that God was moving in him. Little by little, you could start to see that he was developing, he was understanding what that language meant. He was understanding how God was gonna speak through him, how God was gonna pray that perfect prayer every time through his supernatural language. He was understanding that, that he would be able to pray in, in his own house and it would actually affect somebody on the other side of the world that he could speak a truth that he didn't even understand, but because he was praying, because he was believing in faith that God was moving. If you have a desire for that today, like my friend Alan, then keep pursuing it. Maybe today is the day. Maybe today is the day God is going to reveal himself to you where you're going to speak in that new language. You're going you're to receive a power that you've never experienced before. And just like Alan, he received it. He got it. It wasn't, it wasn't an instantaneous thing. It was a process for him. I've seen plenty of times where it has been an instantaneous thing, where people receive the power of God, and they, they go out like a light, and they come up speaking in tongues like Pastor Jurgen himself. That's exactly what happened to him. And so many of us here today, however, however God wants to move in you personally, just open yourself up for him. Open yourself up to receive that gift. So we're going to do this we're going to do this right now. What I, want you, what I want us to do is we can all stand up. I'm going to close the service. If there's anything else that you know that you need to write on that card, I want to encourage you. Don't hold back. Use both sides. Get another card if you need to. Do whatever you've got to do. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come on down. I'm going to pray over us corporately. And then when you come down, the ministry team is going to be here. They're going to say just a quick prayer of agreement with you that everything that you're putting into that shredder that you don't have to carry with you anymore. And then if, if you would like prayer, specifically for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or prayer for anything else, you can go to either side. We're going to have friends over there, and they'd love to pray with you. I can't, I can't stress this enough. This moment is the reason why God asked me to change this message to not preach the other thing, but to preach this thing. This moment right now, and yesterday afternoon, evening, I was fasting, I was praying. I had the team praying and believing that today was gonna be a day that changed your life. That every person here today, if you allow God to move, if you open yourself up, he's gonna do something for you today that he's never done before. He's gonna make something happen today to make 2020 be the greatest year of your life. You're gonna look back on 2020 as, as the greatest year, as a year of blessing, a year of breakthrough, because you're gonna walk out of 2020 way better than you walked into it. It doesn't matter what's happened over the course of this year, God is gonna move right now in your life if you can find the fire, if you can let him that he will show you, he will speak to you. He will come upon you and he will, he will lead you and he will guide you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the, your amazing people here today, your sons and daughters. 
God, I thank you that your word says that your spirit will be poured out onto all people. Old men, young men, your sons, your daughters, men servants, maid servants, slave, free, Jew, Greek, everyone. Your spirit is poured out right now. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that it falls like a fire on this place. Touch people's hearts right now. Yes, God, I thank you. Just start raising up. If you have a prayer language, start praying that right now. Thank you, God, for your peace that passes understanding coming down. God, I thank you for moving right now. That, that everything that these people have written down on these cards, everything they're getting rid of from 2020, or even, even from, the, from as long as they can remember, it doesn't have to be just things that have happened this year. If there's something in your life, maybe trauma, maybe abuse from when you were young, maybe, maybe there's a situation, uh, maybe there's relationships that you need to shred, maybe there's things that, are, that, that you know are chains that are holding you down, don't hold back. Put it all out on the altar. Jesus paid the ultimate price. He laid down his life for all of our sins. There's nothing that, can, that Jesus is ashamed of. There's nothing that you've done or that I've done that Jesus is ashamed of. Give it to him. He's ready. He paid the price to take it all. That his blood covered every single sin from the beginning to end. He is the alpha and the omega. Before the world was formed, he was there. And he'll be there at the end. Give it all to him. Let it go. Release it right now. God, I thank you for your spirit coming on these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.